This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. Hello and welcome to this special Saturday edition of Coffeehouse Shots. I'm James Seal and I'm joined today by Katie Balls, the political editor of The Spectator, and Paul Staines, the editor of the Guido Forks website. Now, Katie, you've written a column this week on how WhatsApp is ruining Westminster. Uh, this is, of course, our primary mode of communication between us and the popular choice in SW1. Tell us why WhatsApp is ruining Westminster. Yes, yeah, so I personally do use WhatsApp a lot, so I'm happy to be a hypocrite. But I think we just had a week where probably it's been the most fiery week in terms of evidence to the COVID inquiry. And probably the figure that's attracted the most attention is Dominic Cummings. I'm going to try not to swear on this podcast because I know lots of people listen who are below the age of 18, even though there's not a legal limit on swearing. And if you think about some of the things Dominic Cummings said about the cabinet using expletive words to describe them as a form of the F word and pigs, the fact that he talked about handcuffing a female colleague or how he would like to do so in WhatsApp messages, seen him being accused of misogynist behavior but I think more widely actually very few people are coming out well in the whatsapp messages so Matt Hancock in a way had his um experience come a little bit premature because of the leak or in the fact that he gave his messages to Isabel Oakshot and they were all released but you add to that that you know it's not even just the politicians you have a Simon Case the UK's most senior civil servant referring to Carrie Johnson as a power behind the throne. And then you have even the scientists getting in on the action. So Anderson McLean, who's now the new government's chief scientific advisor, at one point referring in a group chat to one of her colleagues as F word wits. (laughs) And it just means that I think lots of the messages are embarrassing for those involved, but I think they are symptomatic of a wider problem in Westminster when it comes to WhatsApp. Because probably since around 2015, I think WhatsApp became uh, pretty prominent for MPs, aides, ministers. But it's grown so much since there to the point now, WhatsApp is used for pretty much every function of government and function of the Tory party. You saw in the COVID inquiry how it was, you know, WhatsApp groups and ministers for key decisions, often circumventing the process they would normally go in. But also just in terms of, I suppose like many workplaces, there's a WhatsApp group for everything. And therefore government departments tend to have a reach out WhatsApp group. So for example, a DEFRA support group. Then all the caucuses will have their own WhatsApp groups, whether it's the Common Sense group or the One Nation group or the Conservative Environment Network. And then you have the official intake. So the 2019 group have their own intake group even if it's called 109 despite there actually only being 107 of them at the time that they entered parliament fewer now (laughs) and uh, you add to that probably the more informal groups and you do just have endless groups I think if you go non-official groups and say just you know 10 Tory MPs or aides or more you've got hundreds of these groups and it means that you have all these siloed chats going on all the time you have ministers who actually work out how important they are to do if they're in the WhatsApp group with the right people. And it is just, I think, adds to the frenetic energy of Westminster in many ways because it turns the temperature up much more quickly. And it also means that you're uh, much more likely to speak to people who are like-minded. Paul, how has WhatsApp changed Westminster? Well, I, interesting thing on the, on the profanity and what you're reading about that we've never seen in the past. I am sure that Lord Salisbury said a few salty things about people back in the day 
over 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 a couple of ports maybe but we will never get a record of it because it all disappeared over the next morning and and now of course it's there well it was there forever actually it's not there forever anymore because i've noticed over the last couple of years since we've had is well shop leaks and stuff like that that everyone puts on disappearing messages now and you're I, I go back to look at something and see what someone said two days ago and it's gone so disappearing messages have happened i think the, the big change with whatsapp becoming universal in westminster is uh, it must be a nightmare for the party whips for a start because in the past if you want to have sort of a rebellion or a faction meeting or whatever it would take you quite a bit of organization you need a room you need to meet you need you need organization now you just need to go tick 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 and set up your whatsapp group and bang we've got an easily organized rebellion so on that front i think for party managers it must be terrible and i think it's part of the reason the tories over the last few years have had so many problems because it was so easy to rebel over every single bill that came up. And what didn't take a great deal of organisation, it just took call your mates and uh, put them in a WhatsApp group and organise it online. Uh, that coupled and turbocharged by Twitter, you know, in the background you have you have this whole kind of everyone looking at their phone every five minutes to see what Twitter's saying, and you have a recipe for. Um, apocalyptic mismanagement of party discipline, which we've seen. Katie, is there perhaps any signs that Westminster's learning to cope with the kind of frenetic pace of WhatsApps? I mean, you had a really interesting example of, uh, in the pandemic, Matt Hancock reached out to Sadiq Khan over WhatsApp and Sadiq Khan went, hang on a sec, this isn't how we should be doing it, we should go through official channels. Is there now perhaps a reassertion of the old order? Uh, not least, for instance, of course, because now I think less MPs seem to be using Twitter given the changes since Elon Musk took over. So I think Twitter, and I agree with Paul in a sense, I think it's a combination of Twitter social media and WhatsApp, which makes, uh, or, or, sorry, which has made Westminster, I think, more prone to panicking and hysteria in recent years. I don't think it's the main reason, but I don't think it's a coincidence that we've had some of our rockiest periods in politics in recent times, at the same time as you've had the rise of both WhatsApp and, and Twitter. It really turns the temperature up much more quickly. And I think, you know, he didn't have that 24-7 pace. Sadiq Khan is not on WhatsApp, but I think, unfortunately, for many politicians who are, (laughs) Sadiq Khan is still the minority there. And most politicians do think it's an important part of how how they operate. And I can see that we use it ourselves to organise our days. I think the question is, so less, you know, are MPs going to get off WhatsApp is in, are they going to start using it in a slightly different way? And certainly, I think the COVID inquiry, in terms of the embarrassing messages released to do with Matt Hancock, Simon Case, are making some people think twice about what they write. Because the funny thing about WhatsApp, which I think is one of the problems when politicians use it, is because everyone says, it's encrypted. It almost gives this false um, sense of security to those who use it. So it's back to back encrypted. And these MPs and aides often think, well, that means I can write anything I want. So I think people put in a WhatsApp message things they would never think about putting in an email unless they were the most furious after several glasses of wine. I mean, you know, just at 2 p.m. in the day, they're just sending these these messages. And you, you wouldn't say it really on the phone. And I think that what are also probably the time you might say it, so when you were leaving a meeting and it's just a little bit of light hearted bitching of a colleague before you know that's now moved to a written form and yes you might even have disappearing messages on but 
even if you go, I think for the quickest time you can on disappearing messages, I think that's 24 hours. So I could, I could be wrong. That's still 24 hours that you're sending it to a group. If it's got more than one person on it, the chance of that being forwarded, screen grabbed, even remembered, you can also change the function on your messages to stop it, is quite high if you think about the grand scheme of things. So it just isn't the safe form of messaging that I think some people tell them. Uh, what I mean about disparate messages is that we've learned, or Westminster's learned, that if you don't want to be embarrassed in a public inquiry when the receipts are looked at, you're going to make things disappear. And I think the SNP have, as a matter of policy, apparently deleted everything. Whether they did it after the event or before the event, not quite sure. Yeah, and I think also, Katie, there's an interesting sort of trend here where you make the example in this column talking about how Alison McGovern's innocent sounding as it birthday birthday party WhatsApp group suddenly became in 2018 sort of one of the main outlets for the discontents against Corbyn culminating in the breakaway group Change UK. And so these potentially sort of trivial WhatsApp groups for innocuous reasons, innocent reasons can end up having huge consequences as well. Yes, and I think actually the more innocuous the name the more mischievous these groups can be. In a way, you're official. I mean, I think the most famous of the WhatsApp groups probably in politics is the all Tory MP group, which is where you can guarantee in any moment of stress for the Tory party or the government, you will start to have handbags at dawn on WhatsApp. And within minutes, it will be leaked to a journalist. And then that screen grab of the leak will be shared back on the group. And it just adds to this constant sense of mysterious who leaked. And it's very performative to the point that, you know, I know some politicians who, if they have a grand statement to make they won't tweet or put out a press release they just write it on the Tory MP WhatsApp group because they think the leak will get more coverage than if they're doing it on their own terms but generally speaking I think the ones that cause probably the biggest problem so you had the pizza club WhatsApp group under Andrea Leadsom that was the Tory Brexiteer ministers during the Theresa May era who had late night carbs and plotted how to harden Brexit and then also the birthday club I mean I don't know Paul if you're on particular any particularly mischievous WhatsApp groups these days or any you've identified as as the king of um, gossip in Westminster well, I found out my own office has a as a WhatsApp group without me in it which is a you know Whatever could they? I disloyal, you know. I sometimes feel that Sam Coates is in the Tory WhatsApp group, as the Tory MP WhatsApp group, because he seems to be the official uh, recorder of the journal. He's the Hansard of that Tory MP's WhatsApp group, because it, it seems to go out within thirty seconds via his Twitter account. Yeah, and, and I think, and, and then you have a situation when the journalist is shared and everyone says, why are you doing it for that reason? So I think probably longer term, I mean, obviously we're not suggesting that the reason Tory MPs have been badly behaved or the Conservative Party is having problems is because of an encrypted messaging app. But I think it is an aggravating factor when it comes to how factional politics has got over the past few years. And one of the things is just being in these small groups where often they're just reinforcing what you already think. And you will say to your colleagues, where it's like Blue Wall Barricade Group, for example, or others, which was the Red Wall 2019ers. If you're saying to people who already where you are, am I right to rebel on this? Don't you think they're wrong on X? And they're all saying yes. It's a conversation that's much harder to enter. Whereas I think in the olden days, or in the past at least, at least if it's in the tea room or in a parliament bar, you know, people, you, you're more likely to have an organic conversation. But these contained groups really limit that. Uh, just as a final question, I wanted to ask you both. What's been the kind of most distinct or significant or, or interesting or worst WhatsApp messages you've ever received? Um, I'll start with you first, Paul. can't think of uh, something I'm willing to repeat. <laughs> I think mistaken 
WhatsApp messages are quite fun. Uh, and also when you see people accidentally confuse Twitter and WhatsApp, that's been quite fun as well, hasn't it? Where they've clearly meant to send a message to someone and maybe, maybe in the presence of drink got confused and sent it up publicly on Twitter to that person. So uh, there's been a few occasions of that. I think when someone messages you by accident, that's always great. And just seeing how long it takes before they delete it. Because obviously on WhatsApp, it's clear. I mean, I know I can't tell secrets about the tour, uh, sorry, about the all lobby WhatsApp group, for example. And then I also once had a true pleasure, this is a few governments ago, of being added into all spad WhatsApp group for a little bit. And it was just a case of waiting until they worked out I was on it. Because I didn't think it was necessarily my, because I hadn't, I hadn't intercepted it. I was just on the group, but also I did feel as though I kind of had to, in the end I, put, I sent a message on it because I thought I had to out myself. But maybe my journalism career would be going better if I hadn't done so. So Spads, watch out who you had on those group chats. Uh, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Katie. And thank you for listening to Coffee House Shots. <laughs>